We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. Isn't it great to celebrate? It's just good to celebrate when you see God at work, when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have had Christmas at Life Point. It was just absolutely God's timing, God's way maker, He promised He would be, and it's only Him that pulled that together. So that's worth celebrating and um, celebrating all that He's done. So we're gonna unfold more of our story. I'm gonna ask Anne and Shane Bodding if they can head up here. We interviewed Anne and Shane quickly before the event and we thought, yep, it'd be great today to ask them to come back so that we can ask them a few questions about how it went and what happened. So thanks for being willing to be um, interviewed, you guys. I saw you working hard out the front there on getting those buses organised and things like that. Man, that was a busy time and... um, Yes, like anything, we'd never done it that way before, so I can see your brains ticking. How can we change this to make it flow better? And you're the right people to have there because, yep, you got it work. <laughs> Especially the night we had, what, 6,000 people or something. That was phenomenal. So, Shane, can I ask you the first question? Um, what did you feel? How did you feel coming into Christmas at Life Point, knowing, you know, the uncertainty of COVID, we'd changed the dates so many times. How did you feel? Um, I guess for me, it was a bit, a bit different. Um, it just happened to be changed to a time. It's probably my busiest week that I have in the whole year. <laughs> so thanks for that, Phil. That's great. Um, so I was, I, was, I was really excited, the fact that we have the opportunity to, to point others to Christ. To me, that's just the thing for us to be doing. And um, even though I had an incredible day, my mind was absolutely smashed throughout the day. Um, I had to come, come again at night time and uh, get to see people and, um, you know, point them to Christ and, and say g'day and, and uh, friendly and have a chat with them, who they are, where they come from, that sort of thing. So to me, to me I was... Um, even though we moved it forward, I think it was really, really good. I thought it's was, it was, it was still a great opportunity to, as I said, point others to, to the Lord. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shane. Look, I really appreciate the way I know you guys are busy. I know you've got your business and it's so busy, and yet you still step up for Jesus. So I see that, and I want to say thank you so much for that. Yeah, yeah. Shane, just another question too. So we had so many community people coming through and a lot was happening. What did you sense from the community because you had a chance to talk to them as you're waiting for them to get on the buses? What did you sense from the community on those nights that you were here? Um, To me, it seemed like a a sense of relief from from a lot of people. Not just relief, but a, a time of joy. I remember where it was part of the deal when you direct anybody to go back out again, you get the chance to have a bit of a chat with those waiting in line. And, and uh, I, I often try and leave a good memory in people's minds. So I often say, you know, have a, have a great Christmas, have a wonderful, uh, have a wonderful night, hope, I hope you had that. And, um, and um, everybody said yes, you know, everybody was great. So there was, I, I think there was a, a, a really a, a sense of joy. It really was a sense of joy for a lot of people. And, um, it's, it's, it's great to be able to, to give that to other people. And they had a great time and they'll remember us for it, I think. Okay? Yeah. There was a real sense of joy, wasn't there? Some amazing um, excitement that was on and excitement as people could um, just enjoy something in the, yeah. in the 
Times that we're in, it's great to get out there and do something different. Just one last question for you, Shane, and that's simply, do you have a story? Do you have a story you could tell or someone said something to you about how much they liked it or any particular thing that happened as you're trying to get those thousands of people on those buses (laughs) and and expand those buses to fit more in? Um, I, I, I guess it was said a couple of times, it's a friendly face is that people come and remember you for. So I want to congratulate every one of you, even though you're probably as tired as what I was, to, to smile at people and, and see, you know, show the love of God. Um, I, I, I guess one of the, the, the things is a smile goes a long way. And I, I remember many times I'd, I'd say, you know, people would walk in out and they'd probably had their spinning too from what they'd seen for the night. And um, I, I guess I remember seeing a lot of, uh, people smiling high, you know, come back again next year. Oh, they, oh, we certainly will, you know, was was often the response. So um, so I think we, as an organisation or as, as a church, do a great job to, to promote who God is and who he is to us through, you know, his son, Jesus Christ. So uh, not a particular one, but a, a feeling or a flavour is probably what I'm thinking of at this point in time, yeah. Okay. Thank you, Shane. Thanks for sharing. Now, a few things for you, Anne. You've you guys have done Christmas lights as long as we can remember, so it's been a long journey. You've seen the 14 and 16 nights that we've done, and just to do seven, that was such a cinch, wasn't it? <laughs> but how do you feel that the volunteer team went this year as you saw them in the blue shirts stepping up um, in the difficulties of COVID and we didn't have it last year? How did you find that there was a sense of community? Yeah, absolutely fabulous. Um, again, look, I would really just like to thank everybody that attended the Working Bees. Now, it was stinking hot, but Anna and the baby were out there as we all put up lights in the tunnel. And then the clean-up nights of Neil and I prepared to stay all night just to pull those lights down off that tunnel. That was just amazing, guys. Yeah. And to each of the volunteers that came down on that Friday afternoon when we, or it was the Friday afternoon when that storm came through, and that work just came and worked those three hours to have this place ready to open that night. I just say thank you to everybody that pitched in and cleaned up all those lolly stalls and everything so that we could really open to the community. The community really, really did appreciate it. Loved this year that the message was just so simple. Um, It was just stripped right back. It was so many people said to me how much they enjoyed the show, how much they enjoyed Phil's message of just the Christmas story and the hope that it gave to us over Christmas time. Because I know, like, as a business owner, I I can still remember exactly your whole message from Christmas at Life Point this year and what it was in that, you know, God was here in a mucky time and there was change and there was things happening. Because, like, as business owners, we had to change our rosters and plans over Christmas, New Year, three times. So that's what I did. But just that whole message, and that would have responded to everybody that came in here for that. And the message of the, um, the push bike riders outside the JC group, the evangelism, and that was just that clear message. So every single person this year got the message of, um, of Jesus Christ and what he could do over Christmas and, and could do in their life from either in here or out there. But the team, yeah, a lot of the fun is even just catching the bus back from um, Gregson Awake to here, because you're on the bus with all of the other volunteers, and it's a lot of fun. It certainly is, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks, Anne. It's been interesting over the years. We've always tried to hinge our Christmas lights on what is happening in the um, the world. And we've always picked on something, but man, we had something big to hang it on this year. And to present a message of hope was the most amazing thing. Um, just in the whole big picture then, and what... What did you discern that God was absolutely doing through Christmas at Life Point? Yeah. 
I really believe he was just bringing people back together as a families. There were so many people that said to me waiting, this is their family event that they could actually get together and go to this Christmas. So he was bringing them back to as families, bringing them back to a very simple message of who he is and that he is relevant for today and he relates to everybody's individual situation. That, that's awesome. And Anne, just any last story you'd like to tell or a reflection or anything that was personal for you in the journey, seeing the crowds come through and the buses, anything yeah. particular? Um, probably still the people that had never been but lived on the coast. And then those, those even though we're going to be on seven nights, I found people that had been here three nights in that time. And um, to Kate and all of the people that put together the baskets, um, I helped lots of people put baskets on the bus and just some of their stories and the way that... Um, that Kate had been discerning as to who to give it to, those baskets really were meeting a need. And so some of those stories were just amazing. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Shane and Anne, and thank you so much for your, your heart and um, just your dedication to all that's happening. Bless and we'll be hips. back again this next year. <laughs> next year, let's do it again. <laughs> thank you. Anne has just launched next year's, this year's Christmas at LifePoint. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. We want to take a moment because so many people were involved. And when we're talking about volunteers, so many people got involved to make an impact, to, to make a difference. And I want to say, as we talk about volunteers this year, we're also talking about many, many volunteers over the years. And I'm sure there's lots of people online who can't make it to church at the moment or can't make it to church anymore, but they volunteered for Christmas at LifePoint over those years. And as we celebrate our incredible volunteers, we want to celebrate those guys who are the foundation people who helped us pull this together something like 18 years ago and has served and um, served faithfully in those years to make it what it is today. Now, we always pick one area to celebrate our volunteers. And this morning, we've decided the best area, and Anna's already mentioned this, it is our crew that looked after our toilets. So could I have the whole crew that looked after our toilets? Could you come up here, please? So if you can head up here, if you're involved at all in helping with our toilets, please head up here. Oh, come on up, come on up. And they are dressed to impress. <laughs> that is so amazing. Well done. They are these four people every night. They, they work so hard. Is there one more? One missing? Mandy? Mandy may not be. Mandy, are you here? Five altogether. Mandy might be watching online. So, Mandy, thank you if you're watching online. But, guys, it wasn't easy with so many people coming through those toilets with, um, yeah, trying to keep them tidy and clean. But we want to honour you and say thank you for putting up your hand and volunteering to be part of that. Hey, not one of us is as good as all of us. And, uh, hey, if these guys went on strike, we would have had to close down the whole event. We really would have had to. So we honour all of our volunteers through you. 
we want to say thank you for stepping up and thank you for every single volunteer, however you stepped up. Thank you for stepping up to make an impact, to make a difference. And people were absolutely blessed because of you. So we've got, um, let me bring these over. We all always have something to share. So we thought, we won't just give this to you for to eat them all because I don't think that would be good for your health, <laughs> even you, Danny. But we'd love you as a team, if you can be just outside the door at the end of the service and it's to celebrate every volunteer. So as you go out, and if you're just visiting today, you're a volunteer, we want you to grab a chocolate as well. <laughs> we'd love that. But we would love you to, on the way out, to grab one of those. If you're at home, hey, look in the cupboard and find something sweet and just sit there, nibble and enjoy it, okay? And feel blessed from us because we thought of it, okay? That would be awesome. But um, I want to thank God for you guys and for every single person who volunteered to make um, what we've got so amazing. So let me pray. Yes. Oh, yes, the Blue Lou. Blue Lou Crew. That's why these guys were so amazingly dressed up. And you guys were as well, so that was awesome. So God, we want to say thank you for every single volunteer. As we celebrate our volunteers, Lord, I pray for a real blessing on them, for people who've gone over and above, for people who've stepped up in every single area to make an impact, to make a difference. We say thanks. And Lord, we pray that the work you begun, you'd continue to do in Jesus' mighty holy name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Do you all want to grab some of those on the way out? Ty, here's one. And this morning, just to bring our prayer requests up here. There's three books, something like 1,400 prayer requests that people have written out. And um, if you ever get a chance to read through some of these, they are just, some are just so heart-wrenching because of the needs of the community at the moment. There are people that are desperate for God to turn up in their lives. There were people who would come to an event to celebrate Christmas that just make a beeline for our prayer tent to write out prayers to ask God to make a difference because there's a sense of people believing in God and His power today. So this morning, I invite you here. Can you stand with me? Can we stand together? And we want to pray again for each of these requests that people have brought before God who they desperately need God to turn up in. Lord, this morning... We're celebrating Christmas at Life Point. We're celebrating people's lives being changed. But today, Lord, we have an absolute responsibility to bring before you these prayer requests. To pray again, Lord, for every single person that took that time to write out a prayer request or text us a prayer request, asking you, Lord, to make an impact and make a difference in their world. 
So Lord, as we pray for every single person, I pray that they'd see the hand of God. I pray, Lord, as they see you move, that their heart will be touched and transformed. And Lord, that they take a step of faith and they'd move closer to you. We pray, Lord, for those with family situations. We pray for those going through cancer. We pray for those that have got no jobs. We pray for those that were losing jobs. We pray for those, Lord, that have no other place to turn except to God. And I pray, Lord, that you'd wrap your arms around them, that they'd have a sense of your blessing on them. And Lord, mightily and powerfully, you would transform lives and hearts. So Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to pray for so many wonderful people seeking you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a seat, thanks. Well, this morning to bring you the Word of God, we're doing something different. Rather than having one preacher, we thought we'd have four preachers. We thought with four preachers, we'd be able to have a, a better go at getting the message out. So can I ask our four preachers to come up this morning? Now, they're absolutely good-looking and amazing men of God. So thanks, guys, for willing to be part of our team this morning. We're dealing with a topic as we look at Scripture, and the topic's quite, quite interesting, quite deep, and I thought having these guys to share part of it and for us to discuss the Scripture that I'm about to read will be really pertinent to what we've just done as we looked at Christmas at Life Point, because Christmas at Life Point was about all of us. It was about when the church gets it together, what a difference it makes. When the church really lives the Word of God, it makes a powerful impact on the community. And that's why Christmas at Life Point makes such a powerful impact because it's what the Word says. It says that we work together for the kingdom of God, that as we work together, it makes an incredible difference. So I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and selected verses. I'm starting from verse 4. Scripture says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministry, and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but in the same God who works in all things and in all persons. But to one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Then it goes on and talks about to some it's given wisdom, to some it's given the word of knowledge, to some there's been healing, to some miracles. It goes on to talk about prophecy and distinguishing between the spirits. It talks about various ty types of tongues. It talks about interpretation. But then again, it goes in verse 12 and it says, For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, we are one body, and also is Christ. For by one spirit we're all baptized into the body, whether we're Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, or whether we're all made to drink of the same spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm a hand, I've got no need to be part of the body, or is it not for this reason any the less a part of the body? And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, 
Is it not for this reason any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And that's something we want to spend a, a few moments together to talk about because it is so important. I see in life, this is where the enemy attacks us. This is where the enemy attacks the church and attacks the individual because he says to us that we are not important. Bob, I've just read to you that God has given you a gift. God has taken you and put you as part of the body and a member of the body that you belong. And he's given a gift to you and he's made you uniquely you. No one else can be you. And he's given you a place and a gift for the body, to build up the body, to make an impact, to make a difference. And yet somehow the devil tries to talk to us and he tries to say to us, we don't belong, we, we don't fit. Our gift is not as important important as the other gifts. So just imagine if our toilets weren't cleaned. Just imagine if our car park attendants walked out halfway through Christmas lights. Just imagine if our fairy floss kids gave up the riot we would have had with all the other kids. Every single person doing their part is so important and it's so important for us to understand we have been called, we have been called by God to be a member of the body. And at this time, it's very difficult. It's very difficult because of COVID and, and all that. And we're, we're online watching that. We fully understand that. But it doesn't make us any less. We belong. A place to call home. A place where I can do life with other people and share what God has put in me. So it's very important, isn't it, guys? It's really important that we embrace doing life together with the gifts that God has given us. So Lloyd, have you got something you can add to that in, in our journey? Yeah, it's really quite interesting when you look at these four chapters in Corinth. Uh, Corinth is probably the, the most pagan church. It's the most distant from religion, faith, understanding. And, and Paul's trying to bring these people back into some sort of order. Their worship was disordered and chaotic. And, and he's bringing some sort of administration back into things and um, bringing order out of chaos. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the value of leadership in terms of the different giftedness and bringing things together like Paul is doing. On our journey towards uh, Christmas at LifePoint this year, uh, Phil has just about to bring it forward. He hadn't at that stage. And, um, and we in the office were a little disheveled because, you know, I was listening to the news. I was doing research as much as I could to keep us on the page about where we were and decisions that would be made on a broader scale. And, uh, and some of us were concerned. I would share with Phil my concerns about, Phil, I don't think we can pull this off. I think this is gonna be really difficult this year. And, and you know, what happens when I do open up the state? You know, are we representing well? And so there were a lot of uh, concerns that we were bringing and chatting about. And uh, I remember thrill, uh, Phil being really quite thrown by all of these opinions and differences. And 
I remember uh, Phil had mentioned to me that he'd had a very special Rima moment at one of the prayer meetings where, where and he's talked about this, that, that God was going to be a way maker. And on the basis of that very word that he believed God had brought to that meeting, uh, he got us together as a team and said, guys, I know you've got concerns. I know you're worried about this, but through hell or high water, we're gonna do this. <laughs> and we're gonna press on. And then we got news that we're springing it forward a week. And, um, and look what we've got now, hey? We're able to function in that one week and things changed amazingly after that week. We could never have done it. And it was a real God moment. And I wanna thank Phil for his leadership that Phil was able to say, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Yes, thank you, Phil. Decisively, he said, no, I, I think we need to step forward in his loving, merciful way and that we were able to, in a submissive way, really, and say, Phil, you got this, we're with you. And we as a church pull through and I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing that we've demonstrated as the body functioning together. Thank you, Lloyd. It's not easy to lead, you know. It's not easy to, to make some of these hard decisions at times, but it's great to know we've got a team. We've got a team that we move forward together and we um, discuss things, we, we share things, but we hear from God. And the most important thing is to, to hear the heart of God in our journey. I know that's our team. Our, our team want that and we have opinions and we differ from our opinions as members of the body but the biggest thing we can do is to be in unity when we hear the heart of God. And that's yeah. what I appreciate so much from these guys and the team that once we heard from God, we really believe this is what God wanted. There's absolute unity to move forward. And in so many, many churches, you don't see that because you see people just pushing their opinion. I don't want my opinion. I don't think any of these guys want their opinion. We want God's heart. Amen. And when we've got God's heart, in a situation of circumstances, we move forward with God's heart knowing that God will have His way. And it doesn't mean He will always bless like we could have got closed down, but my heart was being faithful to the call of God no matter what. And I had to come to terms with that in my own personal life. I would look a right fool, wouldn't I, if we got to the first night and got closed down, but I was happy to be a right fool for what I believe that God had called us to do. And I think in our own lives, that's where we need to be. Neil, do you wanna share a bit more things? For me, as I read that, what stood out more than anything is that the giftedness is for Jesus' glory. It's, it's for Him. It's like, um, I remember watching uh, somebody get a DNA swab and it's amazing, isn't it? They can shove something in your mouth, rub it around your mouth, and work out who you are. And, and I think sometimes we, we need to read Scripture and understand that there is a spiritual DNA that unpacks in us. Like our own DNA will make a body, it will make a foot, it will make a hand, it will make hair, it will make eyes. And I think th this is the idea that Jesus is giving to say, my DNA is unpacking, but not everyone's a hand. My DNA is unpacking, but not everyone's a foot and understood your DNA does what the DNA does. And you know, sometimes we can push and we can think, hey, that gifting's better than mine. No, it isn't. Because the gifting given is yours to bring glory, to bring honor, 
Because if, if, I mean, looking at Christmas at Life Point, I, I love Phil. Phil does not do heights. So if Phil set up all the lighting on the roof, the roof would have been here. And we would have had the most exciting six feet in the world. Neil, that's a little bit too high. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? We are here to bring glory to God. So our gift, while well, we refer to it as God's given me a gift, He's given you a gift to give. He's given you a gift to push with, to advance further forward. I mean, as a body, can you imagine if we stepped on our own hand? What was the hand doing there in the first place? You know, there, there is liberty, there is freedom in watching spiritual DNA unpack and to give ones that do evangelism to be evangelists, ones that are more technically put together to do what they do and ones that have a heart to serve, ones that have a heart for hospitality. Could you just imagine all of that giving glory to God? I mean, it talks about word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, all of these gifts, but it says all of them bring glory to who he is. And I, I think through the event, the event actually screamed, this is who I am. Because no matter what we're doing, I could see people smiling, I could see people enjoying, and I could see people praying for and with each other. And there was something beautiful about it because it didn't matter how young, it didn't matter how old, it was the one DNA unpacking all the way across the board. So for me, it just says, this is what church is. This is what I look like with legs on. So first, isn't it, where it talks about we've got the one spirit and the one spirit's leading us and guiding us as we just read before in what we do. He doesn't have a hundred different opinions. He has a DNA that he wants to unfold in and through us and how powerful that is. Wendell, do you want to share a few things, please? Thank you. Yeah, our four daughters have grown up in churches where there have been these kind of events, not probably as big as Christmas at Life Point, but they've been able to participate and get to understand that A, they're gifted, and B, they're part of the body of Christ. So that's made an incredible difference in their lives. And now this is happening with our two grandchildren who are part of this church. And for me, one of the great highlights of um, Christmas at Life Point was to go around to where the slushies and the, the, water, the drinks were being served. And there was Charlotte, 12 years old, part of the team that Beck and Karen were running. And uh, she just wanted to be there every night, like she was there every night bar one. And she just loved it. And I asked her what was special about Christmas at Life Point. And she said a couple of things. One was that she could be part of a team be that she was given the responsibility of, you know, handling money and doing things like that. But even more importantly, she said one day she'd like to run her own cafe. And this was a real, <laughs> a real kind of test or affirmation that this is what she'd really like to do. So this whole thing about, you know, giving people the opportunity to use their gifts has an amazing, can have an amazing flow on into their lives. And I just... Uh, so grateful for Christmas at Life Point, giving opportunities for us to use our gifts to be part of something wonderful, part of the DNA of, of Jesus in serving the community. Yeah, that's just so important, isn't it? And it's so great to see 
every generation working hard and being part of um, Christmas at LifePoint. The first, first um, night we opened, I just could not believe the number of volunteers and the number of blue shirts are out there and just every generation working together and people hidden in the prayer room and, and places like that, people who'd worked so hard to make it happen. It's, it's so great to see those released. Um, yeah. I just want to ask, as we read through that, um, just put you guys on the spot a bit. So as we read through that, it's talking about we all have different gifts um, and different abilities. What would you say to someone who's saying, look, my gift doesn't matter anymore? Now, sometimes I hear that or people step down from serving because they think they're not needed. And this is something we, we all at different times would look at or I've served here, but nobody seems to recognise my gift. What would, would anyone like to take that on and just say, hey, how can we encourage someone with that? I'm holding the mic. Look, Phil encapsulated that with we're not as, one of us is not as good as all of us. And every one of us stepping up together presents LifePoint, this local church, the best we can possibly be. If you choose not to use your giftedness in our community, we're not as good as we could be. And so everyone is valuable, whether it be cleaning toilets, whether it be serving slushies, whatever we're doing, we're doing it together and making a contribution and we're all better for it because we're all pulling together. Yeah, thanks, Lloyd, for that. Yeah, yeah. And probably with that, I've seen... Do you got something, Wendell, or...? Yeah. I'd just like to add, in the story of the widow who gave her final coins, it says she gave out of her poverty. Yeah. Now, there's a, a sacrifice involved there and uh, I often think about that in terms of my own life. What am I short of? I'm actually running out of time. <laughs> I, can, I can be short of energy. I, I can be short of money. But God would ask me to give out of that, out of, out of my, out of my sh shortness, if you like, or what I, what, I, what I don't have a lot of, make the commitment, make the sacrifice. And I, I saw lots of people doing stuff at Christmas at LifePoint that they wouldn't normally do, whether it's like Dave Yates make, making balloon sculptures, you know, things like that, people doing stuff that they wouldn't normally do and yet doing it to the glory of God and to the blessing of people. Wonderful thing to see. It's really inspiring to see people like we, we've got doctors, we've got nurses, we've got professionals, we've got people who are just so busy and yet out of you know the, what they don't have, they, they gave and so many people gave their time and you realise they didn't have time but they managed to give it, so confirming that. But we had people who work so high up in society and yet here they are serving. I know Lloyd... Simone. Simone is so high up at school at the hospital and working with, with babies, with, with special needs and COVID babies now as well. And here she is on her nights off serving ice cream to the kids and had such a joy and such a heart to do it. That's what the body's about. We all have different gifts. Neil. I think this, what, what the Lord's shown me is I'm, I'm not a footy guy. I understand little bits of the mechanics. 
But if we're pushing towards a goal, your hand says, I wanna grab something. Your foot can say, I wanna kick something. The eye says, I wanna see something. The ear wants to hear something. What if the ear hears, the eye sees the goal, the hands hold the ball, drop it, and then the foot kicks it? All of a sudden, we've moved something so much further down the field than if the hand just threw, than if the foot tried to set up itself, if the eye just saw the goal. There's, there's a sense that sometimes we see, I'm a hand, so I have to grab. I'm an eye, so I have to see. And it's a recognition that there is a whole giftedness beyond us. There's a whole body that once it moves, the entire game changes. It becomes something that not only do you make a goal, but you make progress forwards. And sometimes if you say, hey, because I've got nothing to grab, I'm not gonna grab anymore. I'm just gonna let go and step back. And I think when you step back, we're all the poorer for it. Because the Lord says, grab that thing and drop it in such a way that the foot can hit it. See that goal so we can all go down that field as fast as we can. Because have you ever seen an ear run? It needs legs on the thing to actually move. So do the eyes. But sometimes we think, I'm a visionary. Well, that's great if you can get to what you're looking at. And you need the rest of the body to achieve that. And sometimes I think we go, I can see that, but God mustn't be in it. Well, have a look down. There's arms, there's hands, there's feet, there's ears. And all of it is needed for the greater purpose. And I, I think sometimes when we let go, we let go prematurely because we're only focused on who we are and what we can see. Thank you, Neil. And it's God's way. This is God's way. So if we're disciples of Jesus and followers of Jesus, it's talking about we got to be members of the body. We, we belong somewhere and we are... Um, I've got a place to call home. That's part of our slogan, a great place to be called home. We want to call home because we're passionate about changing lives. And it's in the church that lives are passionately changed as, as we do that. But I just see in where we are now with COVID, and this is something worldwide that we're trying to deal with, and I'd love your input into this. But worldwide, the church is starting to segregate a bit because um, not everyone can make it to church. Not all ministries are functioning. Not everyone's connecting with, with our home groups or connect groups. And, and, and we understand that. We understand why people are at home and, and all power to those people who are staying at home and keeping safe. We affirm you. We 100% see that. But in a world that's being fragmented and there's not the connection in community, what are some of the things that we need to do to make sure we stay connected? Because it's got to a point is um, on Sunday we used to see most people and we had a chance to get around and talk to people, but we don't see most people on Sunday. So it's really hard for us as a leadership to make sure you're connected, to make sure you're right. So that's really difficult. And yet, even though COVID struck, the Bible hasn't been rewritten to say, now it's COVID, you're not a body, you're not a community. We are still a community, we're still a body. So I think for each of us, what responsibility do we take to try and keep connected to the body? Does anyone wanna talk a, bit, a little bit about that? So yeah, Neil? Uh, probably we're at a time where 
we're more connected than any, any other time electronically. And we can, we can do that, and we can do that with reasonable ease. But I don't know about you, but during COVID time, that's slipped, hasn't it? Even the electronic way we used to, we used to communicate, my, my heart would be to say, don't give up on that. Don't give up on, on community and connection, whatever that looks like. If that means you've got to get on Zoom, if that means you've got to get on the phone, get on the phone and start to talk to people. If you know that people are missing from church or you don't see them on Sunday, it doesn't take anything to stay connected to them. Keep on praying, God, would you release vision in this? What does that look like? If you've got a heart to care for people, what does that look like now? Don't let the dreams die because we're doing church differently. Don't let the hope die. Instead, find new ways. Because every crisis is an opportunity to develop, is an opportunity to move forward, is an opportunity to change. Because you can let fear get on top of you or you can see it as an opportunity. How can my faith work in this? How can I change the way that I communicate? And it's not ideal. I hate Zoom. It's horrible. But you know what? I want to talk to you. And if that's the way we've got to do it, that's the way we've got to do it. If we've got to change a few things, we've got to change a few things. But let's be church. Let's not give up on our connect groups. Let's keep on pushing in and connecting any way that we can. That's good advice. Anybody else going to add anything to that? Thanks, Lloyd. Pastor Phil myself and AB, we were chewing the fat on Friday about how do we create multi-levels and avenues for people to find connectedness at LifePoint, whether it be electronically or whether it be in presence. And uh, there's some real challenges there. And uh, we're, we're gonna work harder at doing that across the community. Uh, we certainly notice that people connect through common interests. Uh, you might be following someone on Facebook, either in fishing or sporting or whatever, and, uh, and you can follow people that are entertaining you through a particular hobby or, or interest that you have. Uh, we seek to do that somehow in the life of the church and finding many ways in which we can tech. But, but for me, as it was the church at Corinth, what Paul really needed for everyone in Corinth was that they would, they would choose to make the Corinthian church their home. That's the starting point. I'm going to put my feet under the table here. I'm going to commit to this church here. And, and that commitment through the work of the Holy Spirit making us one, I believe is the thing that you bring to the table and then God will do the rest as we seek to bring it together here at LifePoint. Thank you, Lloyd. Wendell? I was challenged some years ago about staying in touch with my friends mainly by telephone because we've got friends all over the, the country. And um, it's a simple thing to do, but I challenge myself, I challenge you, you all to use your phones, as we've been saying, to stay in touch. I mean, it's amazing, like sometimes I'll think of somebody and then I'll think, oh, I should ring them. And then I'll think, oh, no, they probably won't want to hear from me. And then I'll think, oh, no, I'll ring. And I'll ring and they'll say, hello, who it is? Oh, Wendell. So good to hear from you. It's, it's amazing, you know, just the difference a call can make, uh, being in touch with somebody and pre people just appreciate the fact that they're being thought of and they're being, being spoken to or maybe prayed for. And this is something we can all do. And 
I was challenged in the devotions today um, to think about who's one person I can really encourage this week, be in touch with, maybe visit, maybe send them a text, whatever it might be. But it, we can do it if we just do it. Good point. Just do it. How important are the members of our body? <laughs> the other morning I was walking along, we were a small boardwalk beside the, the river on our property and <laughs> it'd been raining, so it was very slippery and I was just taking some rubbish down the other end and <laughs> slipped right over, fair on my back and my knee went under and for the rest of the day, my knee ached and I was cranky at my knee. Do you ever get cranky at parts of your body? I thought, oh, gee, if I didn't have a sore knee, it would be great. But I never wished my knee wasn't there because it would be very awkward, wouldn't it? And sometimes I think as we do the journey, because membership is so important, part of the body is so important, the devil makes sure we get hurt. We get hurt by someone who says something inappropriately or someone that misses something that, um, yeah, that I've done and things like that, so I get hurt. And when we get hurt, we retreat. And then the devil starts to play on that. And part of the whole part of being a body is we've got to share forgiveness. Forgiveness is forgiving one another in the journey when we've been hurt, when we've been hard done by, when we've been overlooked, when someone's missed something that is so important for us to keep alive and together in the body to um, yeah, forgive one another along the line. Now, that's a whole different story. We don't have time for that. But I just want to put that out there, that forgiveness is part of the journey of being members of a body. And I think, guys, how many times have you had to forgive? <laughs> and how many times have people had to forgive us because we are so human? Let me finish. I want to share this story with you because it's, it's so pertinent to what we're talking about. Um, just before we start launch Christmas lights, I shared that a big thing was our budget. Our budget, we had budgeted then $50,000. What we had promised was $25,000, and we were $25,000 short. It was just in one of our services. You might remember it. I asked for that. Do you know after the service, and I shared some of this, but if you missed it, there was a husband and wife who were just visiting the Sunshine Coast, visiting our church that day. And AB was standing at the door and they came up to AB and they said, we would like to give $25,000 to the church so that you can do Christmas at Life Point. And they said, we don't come to this church, but we've got the gift of giving. And we've got the gift of giving and it's our privilege and our pleasure to give to this church, to give to God so that he can bless you and a community that we don't even belong to yet. And isn't that what God's called us to do? To be part of a body, to bless others, to give and be a blessing. So thank you to so many people who have been a blessing to God and blessing to all of us as you've given in so many different ways at so many different times and how much we appreciate, but how much you're doing what God wants and God appreciates it. I see people who have sacrificed in the way that they've given of their time or, or been here and helped and that hasn't gone unnoticed and God's the God that blesses. So thank you. Thank you for 
your faithfulness and being part of something that makes a difference. We're excited about this year. We're excited because God's going to recreate us in different ways. We're going to have the opportunity to, to do some great stuff, to look at stuff differently. And we are looking forward to see what God's going to do in the midst of COVID to make us the church that He's chosen us to be. We've got a great church. We've got a great leadership. We've got a great congregation. We've got great volunteers. And God is doing some amazing stuff. So we're looking forward to seeing what He's going to do. Let me pray. God, this morning we celebrate You. We celebrate Your Word. We celebrate that we're members of the body, that we belong and how we are connected with one another, whether we're online, whether we're here, whether we serve at Christmas lights. We are connected as we choose to do a journey with one another and, and make that connection. So I pray, Father, for those who are new to our, our congregation, help them get connected, whether here or online, that they feel part of us and Lord that they would feel that yeah there's a place to to do life with other people so I want to say thank you Lord thank you for your amazing faithfulness thank you for the call on our lives Lord and Lord you just came you just came to make a difference and we believe your word we want to live your word and we want to honour you in Jesus mighty name Amen